It's Friday, February 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, we've been having a, a, a lot of fun over the last uh, couple of weeks here, looking back at, at some of the top 25 most memorable uh, personalities, players, coaches, managers, uh, even uh, you know retired players and, and guys who uh, have, have had an influence on Cleveland baseball over the last 38 years as you've been uh, the beat writer here uh, for Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun looking back. Have, have you heard from any of our subtext subscribers about you know just in, enjoying any of these sort of uh, reminiscing and, and, and bringing up some of these memories? Yeah, we, I have got a couple of subtexts, Joe, just saying how much they've enjoyed, you know, the series, uh, then kind of the memories. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, we've gotten a lot of feedback, too. You know, you know, like players like Kenny Lofton and Albert Bell and uh, guys like Mike Hargrove and, and just, uh, you know, a, a lot of different players, Joe Carter, uh, you know, and what, you know, the memories of uh, that people have of them and what they meant to them. And maybe they've, they've met them or got an autograph from them. So it's been pretty cool. It, it, it's really been, it's really been a fun uh, exercise. Yeah. And anytime we sort of touch on uh, players from that 1995 era, uh, those teams, and we sort of look back at them, uh, it, it just reinforces to us how, how much that team connected with this city and the fans of this city. Uh, it's, it's forever going to be a part of, uh, Cleveland history and, and baseball in Cleveland, uh, you know, whether, you, whether they're the Indians or the guardians or, or the, you know, whatever uh, people will that, not, changing the name of the team doesn't take away that, that connection to those players and those personalities. Uh, and we've tried to spread out and, you know, get back at, you know, you started on the beat, what, in 80, 82, 83 around there. Yeah. And we've, yeah we've tried to cover, we've tried to cover those, those early eighties teams and those, those mid to late 80s teams that weren't so great and didn't, you know, lost 100 games at a time. And it just sort of makes that era of, you know, six consecutive division championships and two World Series uh, appearances in that stretch even, even more memorable. Uh, I think as we get into uh, the later rounds of, of this uh, exercise that we're doing, uh, we can touch on a little bit more in the, the sort of the last 20 years and, and uh, you know, the, the early 2000s. There were some there were some guys, you know, we, we, we still haven't gotten to CC. We haven't, we haven't mentioned guys like, uh, you know, Milton Bradley or, uh, you know, Matt Lawton or, you know, guys that Casey Blake uh, that we can, you know, talk about as well. Uh, and, and people nowadays still have really fond memories of the 2016 team and, and all the craziness that, that associated that team and it's run to the world series. So uh, there's a lot more we can do and a lot, uh, a lot more places we can go with this. And we will in the, in the, in the coming weeks here as, as we continue to uh, be sort of mired and spinning our wheels in the, uh, the, the watch on the lockout and uh, the labor strife right now, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you wanna join in on subtext, if you wanna become a part of it, uh, 216-298-4346 is the number to send a text to. Uh, it's uh, it's $3.99 a month and you get to send texts and communicate back and forth with uh, Hoinsey and myself. And when we find something out, we text it first before we post it on cleveland.com. So all the more reason to get in on Guardian subtext uh, moving forward. All right, Hoinsey, are you ready for 
today's blind reveal. These are I am ready, Joe. I'm All right. Ready. Uh, this this is this is sort of an unusual one. This is I I'm 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 happy we're doing this guy here. Uh, uh, drafted as an uh, signed as an amateur free agent in 2000. He was Cleveland's minor league pitcher of the year in 2003. Uh, had a brief stint as a uh, closer in 2006. That really didn't work out. But by 2007, uh, he had finished fourth in the Cy Young. Uh, led Cleveland into the, the postseason that year, and they, they went to the American League Championship Series. Uh, 2011 was an all-star and signed a four-year deal for $15 million. Uh, Actually, I didn't even realize how many years he, he, he actually, he pitched seven years in Cleveland. Uh, and, I, I, you know, I really thought he was, his career was a, a lot shorter. Uh, in terms of franchise records, he... Uh, he ranks fourth all time in hit batters with 59. Uh, 14 of those were in 2011. Uh, but uh, his his time in Cleveland was uh, uh, short lived. After that, uh, quickly uh, went downhill. Uh, who are we talking about uh, here uh, with this blind reveal, Hoinsey, on on today's podcast? Well, it depends on what name you want to hear, Joe. It's either uh, Fausto Carmona or Roberto Hernandez. I was going to say, uh, since we're living in a post-2011 world, uh, I think uh, Roberto Hernandez is the appropriate name to use, but I think everybody knows him as Fausto. I think everybody refers to him as Fausto. Uh, the, the, the first reaction when you, when you think about that uh, division series game against the Yankees, uh, where the, the, the Mayflies were, were buzzing all over the field, and it was Jabba Chamberlain who, who couldn't handle it for the Yankees, but Fausto Carmona was unaffected. And, and that was sort of the highlight of maybe his career here in Cleveland. Definitely, Joe. I mean, there were, there were flies cr crawling all over his face. He was sweating <laughs> and uh, nine, nine innings, one run, uh, five strikeouts against the Yankees and uh, uh Cleveland wins it in uh, what the 11th inning on a, I think a Travis Hafner, uh, uh, Travis single, Hafner single. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, but just a great performance by Fausto and uh, you know, unfortunately he didn't, he didn't care follow that up in the ALCS against Boston, but uh, you know, that was obviously his best year. What 2007, uh, mm -hmm. 19 and eight, 3.06 ERA fourth in the Cy Young voting. Um, you know, CC Sabathia, of course, won the Cy Young that year, but it could have just as easily gone to Fausto. Right. And, and he, he was, that was the, the two headed monster that, that, that Cleveland rolled out there that year was, was CC and, and Fausto. Um, but you're right. When, when, when they got to the, the ALCS, uh, it was what it was CC in game five with a chance to win it. And he couldn't. And then Fausto with uh uh, game six in Boston, and yeah. that was that was the uh, the sort of nightmare start where uh, JD Drew hit a grand slam, and balls were bouncing off the green monster, and everything you know went downhill from there. Yeah, Fossil got squeezed in the first inning, and he just uh, just couldn't just kind of blew up after that. That was and that was you know they they lose they are up the what what they were up three one in the series right and then right and then ended up losing it. Ended up losing the game. Um, I, 
he he did you know he he went on after that he he signed the deal with uh to you know four year contract 15 million uh he had a couple of injuries that that kept him out uh for a few years there uh hit or miss but uh, in 2011 he came back he was an all-star and he was uh was really good uh in spite of the fact that he was named the opening day starter that year and uh, in his first game, uh, uh, the home opener against the White Sox, he gave up 10 runs. Yeah. They, you know, they sent him down. Uh, you know, he, had, he really started. He struggled. And uh, they sent him down. Uh, you know, I think they sent him all the way to A ball one year. Or, you know, double A. Because they thought, you know, mentally they, they wanted him to get, get his stuff back together. I remember talking to uh, Mark Shapiro, uh, who was the GM at the time. And they thought. You know, his, for some reason, his stuff was deteriorating. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't until a couple of years later that, that we found out why his, maybe he had lost a couple miles off, miles off his fastball. When, yeah, it was you know, because in, he was pitching at an advanced age. Yeah. In, in, in January of 19, 2012, Foster went to the U.S. consulate at, uh, in, in the Dominican in Santa Domingo to get his, uh, you know, get his passport, to get his visa, to come to get ready for spring training. When he, when he was coming out the door, he got arrested because, uh, you know, he had, they had, the, the authorities had found out that he, um, that he was pitching under an assumed name and he was really Roberto Hernandez. And he had been pitching under an assumed name since the, his, since he signed what in 2002 or something like that. So, right. you know, and the story behind it, Joe, is, is really interesting. I mean, it's not interesting. It's, I think it's, 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 unfortunately, it's common in the Dominican Republic. I think it's been cleared up a little bit since, you know, there's been a lot of regulations put in since. But, you know, Fausto uh, uh, changed names with, I think, a relative and, uh, mm -hmm. who was Fausto Carmona. He changed names, birth certificates with him. And uh, so instead of, uh, he was uh, actually, you know, he was, when, well, when he got caught, he was 31. He, he wasn't 28, like his birth certificate said. He was actually 31. So he's three years older. And, mm -hmm. uh, and the way it came out is Fausto's father uh, had paid uh, a spiritualist. I don't know what exactly that means, but to doctor his to doctor the uh, uh, the birth certificate with oils and candlelight, so they for, for some and he he said he would pay this this spiritualist like twenty six grand to do the job, but he never paid her, so she got mad, went on the radio in, in the Dominican and uh, uh, said, you know, Fausto Carmona is really Roberto Hernandez, and uh, this was you know leading leading up to uh, Fausto applying for the visa. So he was kind of, he was kind of set up when he walked out the door, they were waiting for him. And, uh, you know, and like, you know, there, there's all sorts of tales of, uh, you know, Dominican players being actually older than, than they, than they, than their, you know, birth certificate says they are. Bartolo Colon was two years older than he was. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bartolo Colon's brother, Jose, who pitched in the minors for the Indians was three years older than he said he was. And, all this came to light. The crackdown came after 9-11 in 2001, you know, where, right. where they really, uh, the United States really started 
you know, seeing who was coming into the country and making sure you were who you said you were. And uh, Fossil caught, got caught up in that. Right. Yeah. It's it, you, it, you, when you're talking about Dominican players, it's a, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a known thing uh, that, that sometimes the, the birthdays and the, the ages don't necessarily match up. I think we were in the, the Indians clubhouse one year and it was Jose Ramirez's birthday. And there's a sign above his, uh, <laughs> above his locker. They were celebrating. There was like balloons and all that, but there was a sign above his locker and it said something like, uh, you know, Dominican birthday, you know, American birthday, 25 Dominican birthday, 28 or something, something yeah, crazy yeah, like right. that. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, it, that was a, a joke, but it wasn't, you know, it obviously goes back to something like that. And, uh, I'm sure the the Indians officials didn't find it very funny to uh, <laughs> to see that sign above his his locker. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know I remember uh, you know with Fosto he got you know he was he was really kind of he couldn't leave the Dominican until he got a visa a working visa, so he couldn't join the uh, Indians. He didn't join the Indians until I think right around the All Star break of 2012. Yeah, July. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and uh, and then he was suspended for three weeks as well. And so when he finally got back in, in the locker room, you know, Justin Masterson was kind of the ringleader. He gave him three birthday cakes because he had jumped three years from 28 to 31. So three birthday cakes were waiting for a uh, Roberto uh, <laughs> slash uh, Fausto in the, in the locker room. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess that's, and now how was he to deal with and talk with, uh, obviously was there, was there much of a language barrier there? Uh, and, and in doing so, you know, how did, how was he in, in communicating with the media? He was good. He was, you know, his English was limited, but I always, I always liked talking to him. He was one of my favorite guys and he, we would always, you know, it always seemed like he, you know, when he had to pitch early in the season in Cleveland, it'd be cold. And, and we'd ask him, you know, Fosso did, did the cold bother you? And he goes, the, the cold doesn't bother me. You know, I'm here to throw strikes, keep the ball down. And uh, that's all I'm trying to do. He, so he, but he was, he was fun. He was, he was, I, I liked him. He was, he was always fun to, uh, to, to talk to. And uh, when he left, he went to Tampa Bay and um, you know, the first time Tampa Bay came in to, uh, to play the uh, Cleveland at, at progressive field, we saw him walking, you know, I was, I was I saw him walking down uh, the tunnel toward the visitors' locker room, and I said, "Fausto!" He called out Fausto. Big, he smiled like he was smiled and laughed. You know, and this was after all this. He'd been through all this stuff, all right. this uh, you know controversy. And uh, but he was he was um, he was a big guy, Joe. You remember, like right. six five, two forty. I remember um, there was a fight with the Tigers. And, uh, you know, Gary I was, was going to get I was going to get to that. But, yeah, it was uh, Gary Sheffield, wasn't it? Yeah, Gary Sheffield. Something happened. I don't know if he got hit or he went to first base and he was chirping. And uh, Fausto, you know, all of a sudden he charged Fausto and Fausto did uh, the Nolan Ryan. He, he got he got him in a Nolan Ryan headlock and started pounding pounded him on the head like, uh, yeah, Robin, he did the Robin Ventura, you know, Nolan Ryan thing. And and, uh, you know, he just the closer Sheffield got to the mound, I think the bigger Fausto got. And it was it was a mismatch because, uh, you know, Fausto got grabbed him around the neck and did the Nolan Ryan n- number on him. And, 
You know, he just, you know, Sheffield picked on the wrong guy. Right. Yeah. And I guess what sort of made him uh, intimidating was that was that sinker, right? He like we we've seen uh, what is it with uh, the Dominican uh, pitchers that Emmanuel, I keep going back to Emmanuel class a, they've got very similar profiles and very similar stuff. Uh, class a throws those sinkers. That's what Fausto did. And that's what led him to most success when he was healthy. Yeah. Victor Martinez was a catcher then. And he said, he just set up behind the middle of the plate <laughs> right in the middle of the plate and said, and have Fausto throw that, throw that sinker. And uh, you know, it didn't matter. You know, it, 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 he really didn't have to give him any signals and just throw this, that same pitch. I remember Torrey Hunter, when he was playing with the twins, you know, faced, faced a uh, Fausto and said, you know, I thought I was drunk when I, when I faced him because I couldn't believe that pitch was moving like that. He said it was moving all over the place. And, uh, but that, you know, when he was at his best, that was, that, that's, that, that was his, that was his best pitch. Yeah. His go-to was that sinker. And uh, I don't think anybody uh, who was following Indians baseball in, in 2007 uh, will ever remember, will ever forget the, the, just the drama of seeing those, seeing him stare in, uh, into home plate and, and look for the signs while those those flies and the the bugs were were swirling around his head, uh, and and just you know how he how he carried the team at that point while while the Yankees who were supposed to be have, have all this mystique and 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 all this swag and they they just fell apart and Jabba Chamberlain couldn't handle it. Yeah, and the, I remember the Yankees had to call timeout. And they're all spraying bug spray on themselves. And the more bug spray they sprayed on themselves, the more the, the more the mayfly, whatever they were, the, the more the midges attacked them. You know, it was crazy. And but right. it didn't even Fosso never blinked. He was just like he was locked in that night, man. He was what was the what was the reaction in the in the press box as all that was going on? And you're watching this down on the field, and you know, they're coming out with bug spray and and you realize it because I mean, we've sat up there on nights where the, the windows have just been covered in these flies. It, it's just ridiculous. The, the amount of bugs, but uh, at that point, you guys had, had, had to be looking down at the New York writers going, ha ha, you can't deal with it. Yeah. It was like, this was like a secret weapon. Cause like you said, Joe, you know, in Cleveland that happens from time to time, it, but it never, it really never happened that late. You know, that, that was, you know, the postseason. it usually happened, you know, sometime during the spring or the summer, you know, especially at the old ballpark, but never, never that late. And it just, it was just a freak thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Yankees, uh, you know, the writers probably weren't used to it because they had what open air press box at, at Yankee stadium. They don't have a, they didn't have glass or, or maybe and it was really uh, hot it, that night. I remember it was, you know, kind of unseasonably warm and that's what mm -hmm. caused the, all the, all, you know, that, that caused the, 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 uh, the midges to hatch. Yeah, that uh, that temperature inversion is what what gets him going. Uh, so Roberto Hernandez leaves Cleveland. He goes on and he pitches basically, you know, one year uh, deals in Tampa, Atlanta, Philly, uh, the Dodgers, Houston. Uh, you know, I guess he's he's sort of like uh, it was seven years in Cleveland, but but he really just does sort of feel like a one hit wonder. Uh, it sometimes you, you see those things. Uh, you know, pop up every now and then. Uh, why doesn't he get the same sort of, you know, 
feeling or, or respect that, you know, guys who pitched here for, uh, you know, five, six, seven year stretches uh, like Corey Kluber, like Josh Tomlin, guys like that, uh, you know, now getting out. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good, good point. I think, you know, number one, the, the, the teams weren't really that good. You know, they made the postseason that one year. And, um, you know, I think he, he was like, he kind of topped out in 2007 and we really never saw the same kind of guy before, you know, after that, and, you know, the one year he went to the all-star game, he was okay, but he was never that dominant guy that, you know, that, you know, was him and CC could, you know, really, you know, you could count on, you know, really getting a, uh, you know, winning every series they, that they pitched in uh, basically. And, and because those years after that, after 2007, you know, who they, they got rid of CC that year, they got rid of, or the next year and they got rid of Cliff Lee the next year. So, you know, that was it. The, the, the pitching factory really hadn't started to churn at that point. And, uh, you know, that probably is what, what sort of led to the genesis of it. Uh, yeah, just looking back, uh, Fausto, I think, is a, a weird chapter in the book, you know? <laughs> He's, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they, they redid, when he got caught, they redid his contract, too. They reduced hmm. his contract. So, you know, he got the double whammy, man. He he got caught. And then, you know, that I think they they uh they knocked the, the like his one year he was going to make seven million. They took it down to two point five million, and uh, you know they thought that would, uh, you know, so that and then his bonus or you know the the option year which they didn't pick up went from nine to six million, and you know they they and uh, Foster and his agents really didn't have a leg to stand on. They they right. kind of had to smile and take it, and it you know it it, it causes the the whole league to sort of revamp their their vetting procedures when they're, they're looking at these international free agents and, you know, the, the agents that they deal with in the Dominican, because, uh, you know, we've seen with, with PEDs and with, like you said, birth certificates and things like that, they're, you know, not exactly always on the up and up. All right. That's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Great. Looking back at Fausto Carmona. Uh, if you're on subtext, go ahead and uh, send us your memories of Roberto Hernandez uh, in, in subtext as we're going to post about that later. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll be back uh, next week with another edition and uh, a look at some more of uh, Cleveland's most memorable baseball characters. All right, Joe.